So as long as I can remember, I have dreamt about being rescued. Um, just from a little girl, I just wanted to be saved. I grew up in an alcoholic family where my dad drank and could become very violent. And um, I just always dreamed that I could call the fire department and they would come in and save me. And they would save my family in the little blue house on Virginia Street in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, my dad was also a, a detective for the local police force. And after work, his cop buddies would come over and get loaded with him. And it just never really felt safe in the house. Um, you never knew what was going to make him angry. Mostly it was just angry. That was the only feeling that we really noticed coming from him. Um, and sometimes he would just quit talking to us for days. So I, I just always felt like we were walking around on eggshells. So fire department, not cops. That's where you get your safety. Um, and I remember one night my dad was driving my sister and I home really late one night coming back from my cousin's house, and they lived way out in the country towards the bayou, and in order to get there, you had to cross the Calcasieu River Bridge. It's completely terrifying. Even as an adult driving over it, it's totally terrifying. It shoots straight up, curves around, and then shoots straight down like an extreme water slide. And if you see pictures of it, I think it's on like the list of one of the most dangerous bridges in America. Um, so... My dad got pulled over at the base of the bridge, and I don't know if because he was speeding or swerving, um, but my sister and I were in the back seat, and I think we were around four and six, and just completely panicked. And I just remember being so grateful when the cop walked up to, the, to my dad's driver's side window, because I thought, he's going to get my dad help, and he'll get us home safe. And I remember looking at my sister, and she was so cute when she was little, she had a little brown bob with perfect straight brown bangs and her little brown bob and her big brown eyes. And we used to laugh that she would squirt out alligator tears because those big eyes would just have the biggest tears rolling down. And I remember looking at her and thinking, I can't help us. <laughs> like, I can't save us. And I'm just devastated. And um, so the cop tapped on my dad's window my dad flashed his badge, and the cop said a couple things to him that I remember were like slightly scolding, and then said, David, you got to get these girls home safe, and he let us go, and I was totally devastated. Um, so it was like another reason, call the fire department, not the cops. Um, so we were, I was probably around six then, and um, I never did call the fire department, but I found something else that was helpful in easing my anxiety, and that was vanilla extract. So on the hard days, I would get on my tippy toes, open the cabinet, take the bottle of vanilla extract, take a huge swig, and put it back. I don't know how at like five or six I found that. And you know, vanilla extract's 35% alcohol. Um, but that was my go-to. That just became my go-to all the time. And I just, I would think about it. I could like pictured on my lips. I love the way it slid down the back of my throat, but I really love the way it warms my belly. And I think that I started drinking to be able to go to sleep at night because um, I kept that up. So um, with my dad's increased drinking and his increased violent behavior, my mom made a really brave decision and got a job teaching for the military and moved us from Lake Charles, Louisiana to Berlin, Germany when I was 10 and my sister was 8. So here's two little Cajun girls now in Berlin, Germany. Um, 
And we loved it. It was the best thing ever after about a year. Um, the first year was pretty hard. I was not used to people being nude at the beach. Wasn't interested in that. Now I am. I love it. It's the best thing ever. Um, and I love that Oregon is full of nude beaches. It's my heaven. But back then, I was like, I'm not into this. Take me back to Louisiana. Luckily, my mom did not listen, and we lived there for 10 years. Um, at 15, like right after I turned 15, the bases in Berlin closed because the wall had come down, so they no longer needed armed forces there. So at 15, we moved to Bavaria, to this little town called Bamberg, Germany. It's about 30 minutes outside of Nuremberg. And um, I was one of the new girls in school, which is very interesting when you only have 30 people in your graduating class. So I got my first boyfriend and had my first kiss. And I started playing sports, so I played a different sport every season, and I had a new boyfriend every season. <laughs> and um, they just got really boring to me. I should mention I'm a Leo. So... <laughs> Apparently, I liked the chase way more than the capture. Um, so I would get these boyfriends. I'm like, oh, this is the guy. This is the one I'm going to love. I'm going to love him forever. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't even like him. I just wanted to win him to prove something. So I would release and then capture another one, you know. Release and capture. It went on forever. Um, so, you know, that was the guy that was going to make me happy. And then he didn't, because he couldn't. You know, it's, it was too much expectations to put on a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> so, I'm 17 now. I'm sitting in algebra class, and I am dreaming about the Backstreet Boys walking into my classroom and saving me from algebra class. I'm like, oh, just take me away from all of this. Algebra 2 is way too difficult. They don't show up. Um, I don't know why. I just knew that if, like, I sent enough messages telepathically to them, they would just come get me. And I spent a lot of time doing this. Um, so I also changed the different member that I liked the best that month. You know, every month there was a different one, but I always went back to Kevin. And I can tell you that Kevin Richardson's birthday is October 3rd, 1971. <laughs> I did make cupcakes one year for him. He wasn't there. Um, and the reunification of, of Germany happened on October 3rd, his birthday. So I just knew that this was a sign that our love was meant to be. You know, oh, God. So that was 17. And from 17 to 24, I drank a lot of alcohol. Um, the vanilla vodka turned, or the vanilla extract turned into vanilla vodka, and I drank pretty much every day for seven years. Um, I don't know what I was trying to escape, because life was really good, but I know that I was never comfortable in my skin. I didn't like my hair, I didn't like my, my shapely legs, I didn't like my nose, like, nothing was okay about me. Um, and drinking kind of quieted that down for a second. So from 17 to 24, I drank and I pined away, and I pined and I drank, and we just did that for a really long time until it just quit working. And at 24, I got sober, and I did a lot of therapy. <laughs> Shit just got bad enough, and people walked me through the process of getting sober, so I want to thank everybody who was part of that process, because um, I do not do it alone 
any day. Every day I have people who support me, and I hope to be that support for other people. So at 24, I ended up getting sober, and I started doing a lot of therapy. And I wish I could say that the pining stopped, but it didn't. So now I'm sober, and now I need something else to rescue me, and I'm pining away. And um, so 10 years passes. I'm 10 years sober, about 34, 35. Um, I've graduated college. I have a degree in public health. I'm still working at the grocery store that I started at eight years previously. So I'm checking groceries. I've got this boyfriend. I'm totally sick of checking at the damn groceries. I'm so sick of it. Um, I'm tired of customer service. I'm just burnt out, and I'm wishing that I could get a job in my field. But I'm not looking for one because I don't feel smart enough. I feel like grocery is the only thing I can do because I'm good at it, but I want to be doing something differently, and I don't know how. I'm just stuck. And I'm also dating this guy who was really cute at first, so cute. <laughs> and then I learned along the way that he was incredibly controlling, condescending, chain-smoking, uh, alcoholic, asshole, really. Uh, God bless him. But <laughs> he was terrible to try and date, so I just kept trying. Like, if I just did the right thing, then he would love me for me, even though I don't love me for me. Um, so I stuck with it, and I stuck with the grocery store, and I started pining away for Louisiana again. I just wanted to go back to Louisiana. I don't know how to get a different job. I don't know how to leave my boyfriend. So I just move. <laughs> I mean, there are other things I could have done, but I just packed my trailer, and I fucking moved. And I did. I brought my really good friend along, and we had a great time for six days on the way to Louisiana. Uh, it was wonderful. We had, the, we had a blast. So I get in Louisiana, and it's perfect. It is so perfect for 24 hours. <laughs> At first, I'm really glad I'm there, and then shit starts hitting the fan. I'm like, what have I done? I don't even know what I've done. Um, so I'm staying I don't have a job. I don't have an apartment. I literally just moved. Um, but there's this guy I know from Zydeco Dancing, and he's letting me stay in his apartment, um, actually in his house in the guest room for as long as I need. So this is all totally going to work out. It's going to be fine. Um, but then I get there, and 24 hours later, I'm in a full-blown panic attack. I cannot breathe. I can't breathe more than here up. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I just... I'm like freaking out. So, so I just drive around Lafayette, Louisiana, and every night I end up in the same place. And at that place, I call people from my car. I call my mom, I call my sister, I call a friend, and they're like, where are you? And every night I'm like, Whole Foods parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a natural grocery store in Portland for like eight years. I don't know anything else, so I just end up at the Whole Foods parking lot. <laughs> And I can, like, breathe there for a minute. And I can walk around and get quinoa and kombucha. <laughs> and I just want to put an apron on and go back to work. Like, it's all I want to do. <laughs> so I realize I do not want to stay in Louisiana. And I call the boyfriend that I ran away from and tell him I want to come home. And he buys a plane ticket and flies into Lafayette. And we start driving back to Oregon the next day. It wasn't that bad. 
you know, it wasn't that bad. I mean, he tells me what to do and how to do it and how to say hello to people and what to wear all the time. But if he'll bring me back home, then I think I can live with it and it'll be okay. Um, so I get home and I end up going back to work at the grocery store. <laughs> and I'm completely miserable. I'm dating the controlling guy. We never go on a date because he just has to sit at home and drink and chain smoke. So I just know the inside of his house. Um, I'm just, I've like collapsed on myself. And I'm so depressed and I can't talk to anybody. And uh, I'm just kind of, I just feel dead inside all the time. And I start fantasizing about being killed in a car crash. So I'm like 11 years sober now, and I just want out of my life, and I want to die, and I don't know how to change my circumstances. And I'm standing in this kitchen one morning, and I'm making a cup of coffee, and he comes over and tells me how to properly make a cup of coffee, because he's a coffee connoisseur. And then he wraps his... (laughs) I'm 35. I've made a couple cups of coffee. Um, So he wraps his arm around me after he looks at me like I'm an idiot, and I was like, don't fucking touch me. I'm done. I'm done. So I pack my car as he drinks his coffee outside, which I'm sure was properly made. Um, I pack my car, and I walk out, and I never come back. And then also people walked me through that process, too. Um, so... I'm not dating him, but I'm at the grocery store, still miserable, and um, my very good friend convinces me to move into her apartment complex. So I just live a couple doors down from my good friend Kristen. And um, I'm miserable at the grocery store. I'm processing the end of this shitty relationship. I can't believe that the big move to Louisiana didn't solve all my problems. And in order to comfort me, Kristen puts on her finest moo-moos and brings me steak and soup to my front door. Um, And we just sit and laugh in our house dresses until I just don't even remember what I was so sad about. She is so funny, and she is just like such a breath of fresh air, and I feel like she's saving my life. So I eventually get out of the grocery store, and I go to work at a clinic in a job that I love. Um, And I just feel like I'm making some progress, like I'm getting closer to using my degree. I'm not with the dude anymore. I have my own apartment, like things are going to be okay. And then that winter, my good friend Bill dies suddenly. Um, And then one of my very best friends in the world, Malone, dies. She's like a second mom to me, and I'm just devastated. And then the next month, my cat dies. She has stomach cancer, and I didn't know it, and she quit eating, and I just had, I took her to the vet, and I had to put her down right then. And then Kristen tells me she's moving to Montana. So within 90 days, two people and a cat are dead and Kristen's leaving. And I'm just totally alone. I'm just so alone like I've never felt alone in my life. And I've got my mom and my sister and other friends, but I just feel completely empty. But there's some comfort in it too. Um, I'm so depressed But I remember reading in Thomas More's Care of the Soul book that depression is God's way of spending alone time with us. And I don't think that that's true for everybody who suffers from long-term depression, but I think that that was true in my case. Like, God wanted to spend time with me and say, Kat, you are capable. Like, you're going to be fine. You're totally capable. Let's work on this. 
So I spent a lot of alone time with myself, and it's the first time I've ever been alone with myself. But I felt like it was me and God, like my dude has my back, you know. Um, so I just spent a lot of alone time. I went. I would do some dancing. I'd make a dress. I'd watch a lot of television, mostly Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> but I also spent a lot of time in the quiet, just being okay with being with me. And I'd never had that experience before. So things start to change. Um, I eventually get a job. The job I have now at OHSU is part of the behavioral health team. So I sit with people when they're in crisis and when they're anxious and when they're having panic attacks, and I just sit with them. Or if they're not able to make their food last through the end of the month, we figure out how to get them food. Um, And I like just sitting with people where they are and going, okay, we can do something about this. Um, I work with a team that I could not speak more highly of. Like I get to learn and grow with them every day, and I'm happy to go to work every day. Um, Kristen moved to Montana, and Malone lived in Montana for a very long time. And last year I went to spread her ashes in Montana, and I drove over to see Kristen. um, And I ended up meeting one of the nicest men I've ever met. And um, it looks like I might be moving to Montana to be with him, which is really (laughs) weird. (laughs) And he goes, I know you're fiercely independent and you don't need me, but I really love you and I want you. I'm like... I love you and I want you to. Um, so I think what I want to say is that I had to run away from myself a lot in order to find myself. And it wasn't pretty and it wasn't glamorous and I probably made a lot of mistakes, but it's part of the journey. And I haven't had to do any of it alone. And there are a number of people here who have held my hand and walked me through it. And I'm just so grateful that I've been able to walk as a sober woman, through that journey and learn what I needed to learn um, and to continue learning and to continue to feel okay in my body and not have to turn to the vanilla extract or the next dude. Um, So I'm very grateful to be a woman in the world right now. Thank you. (laughs) 